You're listening to Campus Review Radio. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor for Campus Review. CR editor Lauren Smith spoke with Deakin Co-Chief Executive Simon Han about the need for soft skills in the workforce and what universities can do to prepare students for EQ challenges once they leave university. Let's take a listen. So my first question is, can you elaborate on the threat of artificial intelligence taking people's jobs in hard skill heavy professions and how will this impact on the need for soft skills? Sure. So the uh, I suppose the, the prevailing thinking um, is that that um, artificial intelligence, to the extent that that contributes to um, automation, uh, along with a whole range of things, um, including other um, digital technologies, if you like, um, we'll, we'll see you know forty percent of the current jobs, uh, or forty percent of jobs in their current form, uh, disappear within the next ten years, um, and. You know, well, that sounds a bit doomsday. Um, at a high level, you know, the anticipation is that they would be replaced by other jobs. Um, and the um, the research or the findings, if you like, that came out of the um, the soft skills for success, uh, for business success report, is that as that automation happens, the uh, I suppose the component of soft skill intensive jobs um, will grow to around two thirds of jobs by. By 2030, and we're already seeing that that those soft skill intensive, as opposed to sort of more technical skill intensive um, roles, are, are growing or jobs are growing about two and a half times faster. And are soft skills also increasingly desirable because of the increase in those obtaining university qualifications, and therefore soft skills can be used as a differentiating factor between job applicants. Absolutely, and um, so I mean, some of the data in there, uh, again in the report, was that that you know a quarter of employers um, can't find entry level jobs uh, for that have got the um, people for entry level jobs that have got the level of soft skills that they would like, and so I think as a competitive advantage or, or differentiator, universities are very much looking at how are those um, soft skills, if you like, embedded as learning outcomes in the programs that they deliver. So on that note, I noticed that there were some figures in the report that suggested that university graduates had high levels of soft skills, yet, Mm -hmm. as you just mentioned, uh, employers are finding it difficult to employ them in entry-level positions. Mm -hmm. Can you explain why this might be the case? Yeah, I think some of those entry-level positions where they're struggling, um, they're recruiting people without um, qualifications. And so they might be people who are going straight into the workforce, if you like, um, without going through a university. So that, that's sort of the the, um, the gap in that in that data piece, if you like. Um, I mean, I think anecdotally, uh, well, not even anecdotally, that you know people expect that a lot of those, um, particularly work-ready soft skills, if you like, come can only really come through uh, on the job experience, getting into a workplace and and understanding the dynamics and and um, you know the street smarts, if you like, of, of how organisations are. And whilst a lot of these soft skills can be prepared um, and, and developed in university, it's only once you get into the application of those in the workplace that you'll, you'll start to see those really evolve. The report also noted that a shift away from the hierarchical model of workplaces also increases the demand for soft skills. Can you explain why this might be the case? Yeah, I think what we're seeing is that increasingly, and again, this is part of, I suppose, um, 
uh, digitisation and, and technology is enabling um, people to work in groups uh, or in teams rather um, that are not constrained by geography. So people are no longer, you know, if we've got a team working on a project, we don't need those, you know, 10 people sitting in the same room together. Uh, they can be in different time zones. They can be in, in different geographies. Um, and so it's this concept um, of uh, bringing together teams um, and uh, particularly where you've got people that aren't necessarily geographically or, or time zone connected, um, the, the soft skills around communication, teamwork, problem solving um, become uh, a high level requirement, if you like, for, for effective teamwork. And you know, this concept of putting together teams to work on projects or work on problems um, breaks down that hierarchy. And what's happening in educational institutions? I know that there was a mention of certain universities doing doing this regarding the teaching of soft skills. Uh, look, for, I, mean, I suppose I can speak to the, the Deakin experience. Um, the Deakin graduate learning outcomes, only one of those is actually the technical knowledge of the subject. The others um, are all... Uh, very much aligned with soft skills, so things like communication, problem solving, um, critical thinking, digital literacy. Um, those learning outcomes need to be mapped and embedded in programs. Um, I think the other thing too is that there's a lot more um, work integrated learning in the sense of, of, of placements as part of university courses, um, people working in, you know, getting credit for, for being placed into businesses and working on projects. And the report found that people tend to severely under-report their soft skills. Yep. Why do they do this? Yeah, and that was a key one for me because there was that 45% gap between the demand for soft skills coming out of job ads and, and where the supply was coming from, from candidates. And I think it's um, because we don't have an easy way to measure or confirm uh, that we have a soft skill. And um, I think people then have a, a reluctance, if you like, to claim something that they can't necessarily provide hard evidence against. Um, and for us, that's where the micro-credentialing piece will start to provide a solution. Um, so through what we're doing at Deakin Co, um, we can actually independently measure and, and issue a credential against soft skills. So people then have the evidence and uh, the confidence to be able to claim those skills, soft skills. And aside from that, are there any other methods that people can use to strengthen their soft skills or, or credential them further? Yeah, look, I think, I mean, a little bit like we've seen with uh, endorsements on, on LinkedIn and, I mean, the, the, the sort of, I suppose, challenge around those has been, you know, how do you prove that someone actually knows you well enough to, to claim that you have that or, or endorse that skill? But I think we'll start to see stronger uh, or more rigorous ways of, of peer-endorsed um, uh, capabilities or skills. Great. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about the report? No, look, I think um, you've covered the main the main takeaways. Um Probably just that that interesting one that, um, and a, sort of an extension of the question you asked before, only 1% of people uh, claim that they have soft skills on their LinkedIn profile. And and that's, a you know, consistent with the global data. Um, but if you do list a soft skill uh, on your um, LinkedIn profile, you're nine times more likely to have someone endorse you for that skill. So um, I think there's a, you know, there's this, I, I think we need this mind um, 
you know, shift in mindset around, um, you know, soft skills uh, are something we think we have, but we don't claim them because we don't have the confidence to measure them to, to getting them more, uh, to be more front and centre in our conversations around what our capabilities are.